From Anytime Studios in Hastings, Minnesota, this is Anytime Health Radio. Here's your host, Marty Flanagan. Hey, welcome to Anytime Health Radio. I'm your host, Marty Flanagan. You know, today we have a, a guest named Kevin Sorrell, also known as Hercules. He wrote a book called True Strength, My Journey from Hercules to Mere Mortal and How Nearly Dying Saved My Life. You know, Kevin Sorrell wrote this book. It's a very inspirational story. You have to read it. Listen to this interview to really get a good understanding of really what he's been through and how he came out on the other side. As you kind of go through this interview and you read his book, think about your support system. Think about your own struggles and how you're going to come out on the other side. You know, your support system that you have is very important. Who's encouraging you? Who's holding you accountable? You have to have it. So without further ado, Kevin Sorbel. All right, so welcome to Anytime Health Radio. We're here with Kevin Sorbel, author of True Strength. How are you doing today, Kevin? I'm doing well. Doing well. Just running around like a madman. Well, and, and I've seen you everywhere with your book, True Strength. And I got to say, you know, I had an opportunity to read it. And uh, it's, it really, truly is an inspirational story. Well, you know, thanks. It was, uh, it was something I kind of wanted to do a long, long time ago. And I, uh, I finally got around to doing it. And it was just, I, I think initially I was sort of hesitant about it. But then my wife said, you know, you got a, you got an inspirational story here, and I think you should let people know about it. So I, I decided two years ago to kind of sit down and really start putting it together. And, and you kept a lot of notes. I was, I was uh, reading some of the interviews that you've done, and, and you said you kept a lot of notes. You kept a diary through this struggle or through this incident that, that you had. Well, it was really during the first couple of years because I, I kind of wanted to chart my progress. I just wanted to see, okay, Am I getting better? Because I didn't feel I didn't feel like I was getting better. I, I just felt like I was battling and uphill and taking one step forward and two steps back all the time. So I I just wanted to see where uh, I was going. It wasn't until the second year that I really started saying, okay, I finally started to see some improvement. And it took it took three full years to recover. I mean, you know, I had an aneurysm that uh, that was throwing up tons of clots in my left arm. Almost, you know, they were talking about having to amputate that thing because it was just all the blood suffocating everything in my arm. And then um, I, I was unfortunate to have three of those blood clots put in my brain, so I had three strokes. So, you know, I went from a guy that was working 14 hours a day on the set of, of my series Hercules down to one hour a day when I got back down there four months later after going through rehab to basically learn to walk and talk and balance myself again. It was, uh, it was a long, long fight. When I was going through your book, the, the chapter that really kind of stood out to me was the chapter Breathe. And, and as I was going through, I mean, I, my highlighter just kept seemed to be going all over the page on a lot of things that you were saying that really, that, that made a lot of sense to me, but also just a, were really inspiring. And one of them was breathing in general. And you, you talk about in there about the, the Bengal boys coming over and, and teaching you breathing techniques. You know, I, I was at a point, I just wanted to try anything, you know, and so Eastern medicine sort of became something that I, I really wanted to do, you know. So um, I, I started doing the meditation and yoga and acupuncture, you know, breathing exercises, anything to sort of help myself, whether it was the placebo or not. It was just, I was looking for some magic bullet that would take away the three bullets that uh, were, were trying to cripple me for the rest of my life. You know, and, and as I was kind of going through, and I see that your wife, Sam, kind of uh, is kind of throughout the book kind of giving her side of things and kind of what she was experiencing and 
you know, there's one thing that I got to ask you about is your your entire support system. Y- your situation obviously was very extreme, but and obviously very much changed your life. But there are so many people every day that wake up with their own struggles, whether it's to get out of bed, whether it's to have the courage to just step inside of a fitness center or ask for help for their own health. Um, you know, you you were a tough guy. You were you worked out two hours a day. I mean, you were your work. You were known for your extreme workouts and. And here now you have to depend upon your support system to encourage you to keep going. Well, it was, you know, it was obviously tough on the ego. I mean, I was, you know, 38 years older than a half, and a 38-year-old to suffer a stroke is pretty rare in itself. But a 38 to suffer a stroke that was not obese, was not a drinker, was not a smoker, was not somebody with high blood pressure, was not somebody with diabetes or, or cholesterol levels that were through the roof. I mean, that was everything opposite to what doctors look for in a typical stroke victim. So um, it, it, it was it was just... I'm an anomaly to these guys. And to have the aneurysm, they don't even know how that forms. I mean, that could be something that had since birth. It could have been through stress. It could have been through years lifting weights. I mean, all that stuff was just a mystery to all the doctors. And even the neurologist gave me, after I suffered the strokes, gave me eight months max, you know, to, to get, like, any improvement that I had up to eight months, expect nothing to happen beyond eight months. And I said, you know what? I'm still not doing too good up eight months. There's no way that you guys are right. I, I, I that the book was really, I, I want to let people know that, you know, with the title, sort of a sort of play on words, I mean, true strength obviously comes from the fact that on Hercules, that was phony strength. You know, was, I'm an actor, and yeah, I was athletic and stuff, but I had stunt guys that made me look like I was a pretty good stud, you know, made me look like I was a big tough guy. Um, and it, it really comes into finding a true strength within yourself, to push yourself beyond the boundaries you think you're capable of doing, to push yourself past what people say you're capable of doing. And, um, you know, I, I really want this to be a motivation for people to, to make themselves get better. I think the mind is an amazing drug unto itself. You don't need to take all these drugs that they want to throw at you all the time. I think a lot of it comes down to you looking in the mirror and saying, you know what, I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better. And how important was that support system for you to realize that inner strength, though? I mean, because sometimes we, we need other people to, to tell us that we're better than we're being right this moment. Well, you, you need that, obviously. You know, my support team really came down to, uh, well, you know, there was, there was a lot of people involved, but front and center certainly was my fiancée at the time, not my wife. I mean, she's the one that, uh, you know, stayed by my side four months before we got married, you know. She got the worst part and said it for better or worse, you know. So um, she stuck by my side, my side and she pushed and pushed and pushed and uh, tried to hold me back because sometimes I push myself too hard, but... That's sort of my way. I'm a very strong-willed person. I'm a very independent person, and I, and I was I was shell shocked by this happening to me. I, you know, I felt like somebody had died when this happened to me. I mean, it's a horrible. It was horrible. I mean, you know, my balance center went crazy. My vision. I still have a ten percent loss of vision in both eyes. And you know, like I said earlier, it took, it took three full years for me to feel like I was a normal person again. And uh, it was it was a battle to 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 get there. And thank God I had people in my corner protecting me. And pushing me, and certainly the, the crew of Hercules um, and the Universal Studios, uh, you know, they, they they protected their interests obviously because the show was doing so well. But um, you know, they kept the strokes out of the paper. I, I was grateful for that because I wanted I wanted to see where my recovery is going to be. I thought maybe my career is over, but you know, after two years on two more years on Hercules, I did five years of Andromeda, and I've done about forty movies since then. And so, knock on wood, I'm I'm still here and I'm still working. You mentioned one thing in that chapter, breathe. Which which I thought I thought was fantastic. It said, you said that your meditation carried you to God's feet. What did you mean by that? Well, you know, I've always been a Christian. I've always believed in God, and you know, I, 
And what we didn't talk about so far, and this is certainly in the book, I mean, it goes into more detail, was when I went to my chiropractor, I already had these bad sensations in my arm. And the aneurysm was there, but I didn't know it was an aneurysm at that point. And when I was laying on the, uh, um, the um, chiropractor's table, I heard a voice tell him not to crack my neck. I opened my eyes. I said, what did you say? He said, I didn't say anything. I closed my eyes again. I hear again his voice. Do not let him crack your neck, which was so odd to me because I've been to this guy eight years. And when I started on eight years ago, he cracked my neck for one. Back eight years before this, I said, you know, I don't like my neck crack. So why am I hearing his voice if this guy's never cracked my neck in eight years? And all of a sudden he cracks my neck, which was just blew me away. And I, I got angry. I said, why did you do that? He goes, well, I felt you needed it. Well, that's when the strokes happened within, within minutes of leaving his office is when the first set of strokes came and hit me. And I believe uh, that voice was, was God trying to give me a warning. I've heard you uh, talk about this a couple of times and, and, and through that. So I appreciate you sharing that part of the story uh, because I believe that's important for people to understand about you and know that um, when that happened, you know, just shortly after, the negative effect that it had and all those strokes coming. Now, the recovery time, the three years, you, you really felt your brain chemistry had changed to now you were allergic to MSG? Oh, I had all kinds of, I mean, I started getting migraines. I never had migraines before, you know. I, I, I was, um, I, I had allergies, the MSG thing kicked in on me. I never had that bother me before. I could eat as much Doritos I wanted to. All of a sudden, I couldn't touch the thing. Uh, the, the, the dizzy spells were there, obviously, because my balance center was completely screwed up in the strokes. Um, the vision was all part of that. I mean, that didn't help with the balance, obviously. My vision was all messed up. And I just, you know, there were, there were smells that would get to me. There were... There were noises. I couldn't drive a car anymore. Cars driving around drove me insane. I couldn't handle the input. It was just too much in my brain. It was an overload. And, uh, you know, when I went back to New Zealand, you know, I went from a 12 to 14-hour day on the set to one hour a day. And just I couldn't do the work. And, they, you know, they surrounded me, protected me with other actors, and they just did what they could to keep the show going. But, man, I just I had depression kicked in, um, anger, panic anxiety attacks just were off the charts. I mean, it was... It was all these things that I never had to worry about before. You know, there's a lot of people out there that struggle with a lot of the things that you just mentioned. And, and unfortunately, there's some people that struggle with all those in one kind of inside their own brain. They struggle with all that. You know, and we go back to that support system. And, you know, how important, I mean, if you could give some words of advice or encouragement to somebody out there that's fighting these things, how important it is for them to reach out and have people help them. Well, yeah, you need a support team. There's no question. I and mean, certainly there's, there's elderly that don't have that opportunity, don't get that chance. So um, you, you need that. You need somebody to be in your corner. And for me, like I said, for me, for the most part, it was one person, my wife. I mean, I had a great team down there, as I said earlier, with my, my producers and the cast and the crew sort of protecting me and, and sort of cheering me on. But uh, really came down to Sam, and that's, you know, part of the book is sort of a love story. You know, there's, there's a mixture of things in the book that I think will appeal to a lot of people, and certainly everybody, everybody's going to face this road one day. We all know that. I mean, death is the one certain thing we can guarantee that's going to happen to each and every one of us. It's just that we try to put it off as long as we can. And um, it, it really comes down to, to, you know, how do you deal with that situation once it happens? What, we all know people that have gone through it, with family members, friends, whatever. And this book is what I'm hoping for is an inspirational, an inspirational gift to give to somebody you know that had a traumatic thing happen to them that changed their road, their life, and put them on a different road in their life. And really, it's just you, you need that support team. You need that, those people to help you and push you. But I, once again, I say you've got to find the true strength within yourself. You've got to look yourself in that mirror and say, I'm not going to let this thing beat me. And I did it every day. I looked in the mirror every day, and I said, I'm getting stronger.
power wasn't getting stronger. I said it tonight because I knew I, I, if I stopped saying it, then I won't get better. There's another thing I want to ask you about, too, that's, that's, that's kind of in your book, but it's more towards the end. And that's, um, there's, you're, you're the spokesperson for a world fit for kids. Right. And you know that's something that for me being a father uh, I have two I have, I have two girls and um you know health and fitness is a part of our life but we've had some struggles with health in in our family with my wife that have been very very trying and very very difficult over the past uh, couple of months we thought she was going to pass away and found out she didn't have all these things going on but it's been very difficult and and they keep asking even though mommy's sick do you still love me and when i look at a world fit for kids and how that and how our kids really do get impacted throughout their entire life and how it affects them long term can you tell us about what that is about World Fit for Kids is a program that I've been part of for going on 15 years now. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's an after-school program. We got the governor's uh, gold star for the best after-school program in the state of California. And it's, a, it's multi-level. It really is. I mean, it's a mentoring. It's, um, uh, you know, we, we fight childhood obesity. We teach them better eating habits. We teach them physical fitness because physical fitness is being knocked out of all the schools now. It's insane. You know, 10-year-old kids got to go. they they got to gotta get out there and work out. It's about getting ready for the uh, education beyond a high school and getting a university and getting ready for the real world and getting jobs and, you know, the workforce. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's worked on so many different levels. We have, we have over, ni- we have like a 95% graduation rate in a school district that has a 54% dropout rate. And so we work with over 12,000 kids and we take another 12,000 if we can afford it. I mean, we're already, at the, you know, stretching our budget at the limit of the way it is, but, you know, it's, it's what, what we do is what the government should do as a whole for every school in this country. I mean, if you want to really leave no, no kid behind, then this is, this is a program to follow because we have also have a 67% higher GPA. I mean, our public school systems are appalling. We should be in an uproar. I don't understand how parents across this country can just sit back and go, oh, well, it's the way it is. You know, it's not the way it is. Get off your butts, get in, get in there and complain. Get to, your, get to your school board meetings and go crazy on these guys. It should be a national epidemic right now. We rank something like 57th in the world for education. That's, that's, this is America, for crying out loud. We graduate kids who can't read or write. The entire structure of how we teach children needs to be stripped and changed completely. And I grew up in that world. My dad has taught 35 years in public school. It doesn't work. It's been broken for five decades now. It just keeps getting worse. Just a slow, gradual, downhill slide. And, but if you look at it from 1950 to now, you go, oh, my God, what have we done? And it just it doesn't get any better. It's it's appalling, and I'm not going to hold back on this. And we have thousands, and we'll have thousands of, of parents listening right now to to you on Anytime Health Radio. What advice do you have for them? What they can do right now in their own community, in their own school district? Go to the PTA meetings. Go to the school board meetings. Go to go to the just the, the the union for school teachers. I mean, that's the most powerful union in the country. What are they doing with all the money that they get from all these teachers? What are they doing for the teachers? So start I don't questioning. see the money going to the schools. I don't see it helping anybody. And so start questioning. So that's, that's kind of your advice. Go there, get involved, don't sit back, and just let it be. Yeah, look, look what other schools are doing. Look at what we're doing. We teach, to, we teach to the lowest common denominator. You know what? Not everybody's as smart as everybody else. I get it. There are people smarter than me. There are people dumber than me. There are better athletes than me. There are people who are not as good as athletes. That's life. When, you know, we all say we're, born, we're created equal, but we're not all the same. You know, we're all, Tiger Woods is a better golfer than me. I should be upset about that, but I'm not. He's a better golfer than me, you know? So this is life. This is competition. We've got to we've got to we've got to push kids. If a kid's an F student, then make him a D student. Push him to be better. It's easy to teach to an A student. They're already.
same amount of money just because they talk for 11 years or something. I love it. And I love it. I mean, I love what you're saying because I have a nine year old, and you know, everything you're saying is so true. And I'm on completely on board with you. And I and I appreciate you sharing all that because that's uh, that needs to be heard. Is there a website or something that that somebody can visit to learn more? Yeah, they can go to world. They can go to worldfitforkids.org. It's worldfitforkids.org. And also to find the book, I want to get back to two strengths. They can go to Amazon. They can go to Barnes and Noble. They can go to kevinsorbo.net. And not only there will they get information on my, my, my uh, the book, they'll get all the information on my upcoming movies and upcoming projects and upcoming charity events. Well, I mean, Kevin Sorbo, it's obviously a pleasure speaking with you. Um, you know, I used to watch you on TV. When I heard you were from Minnesota, I thought, man, there's hope for me. I actually can be on TV because you were on TV. Does that make sense? <laughs> hey, you know, I'm a small-town kid who went to Hollywood. I didn't know a soul, trust me. But I, know, I graduated I from a town of, at 11 years old. I, I'm from a town of about 500 people, so that small-town deal definitely resonates wow. with me. Well, it, you know, it's, uh, is there any last words of advice that you have for anybody out there? I know, obviously, buy the book is, would be my advice for anybody. Is there any, uh, any part of the book that you would say some people should really read again if, after they've read the book wants to go back and read again? You know what? I mixed it up a lot in that book. I, you know, I bring in other people to write a few chapters just to hear their side of the story and what, what happened to me and what their perception of me was. And, uh, you know, I always tell people follow their dreams. Never give up. Follow your dreams. Every successful person I've ever met in my life had failure after failure, and they weren't afraid of failing. They learned from the failure and used it as a positive instead of a negative. Definitely. This is, uh, I would say, Kevin, this is an awesome, not just because you're from Minnesota and, and that's where that's where I'm born and raised, but uh, uh, this is definitely an inspirational interview on Anytime Health Radio, and I really appreciate your time. All right. Thank you so much. I want to say thanks to Kevin Sorbo for coming on Anytime Health Radio. You know, on the back of Kevin's book, there are a lot of celebrities, a lot of athletes that gave some, you know, advice and praise about the book from Ray Romano, Joe Pesci, uh, Wayne Gretzky, Scott Hamilton, uh, Brett Michaels, Tom Selleck, Meatloaf. The one I want to read is, is Scott Hamilton. It says, Kevin's bravery and spirit are truly Olympian. His story will inspire you to understand that no matter the challenge, no matter what life throws you, you can rise above after listening to Kevin's story, I hope you go buy his book and really get a, a, a good understanding that you can overcome your challenge. We need a support system. We need to be encouraged. Go pick up Kevin Sorbo's book, True Strength. If you have any ideas for Anytime Health Radio, guests that you want to hear from, you want to hear more from personal trainers, athletes, uh, just professionals in the wellness and fitness industry, please let us know at radio at anytimehealth.com. I want to say thanks for tuning in as you kind of go down this journey of health and wellness in your life. Thanks for tuning in to Anytime Health Radio, your audio resource for living well. Anytime Health on Twitter and Facebook and Anytime Health for AH Radio updates. Subscribe on anytimehealth.com or through the iTunes store. Have a question or topic you'd like covered? Send them to radio at anytimehealth.com. For booking information, contact Tara Dosh at booking at anytimehealth.com. The show is brought to you by Anytime Health and Anytime Fitness and is produced by Travis Carletta.